Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show, Lacrosse Edition. Uh, with you, as always, I am Joe Marcellina, and joining me again, Chris Hetler, head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Team. Uh, Chris, welcome back. Joe, great to be out. It's light out still. This is a pleasant change. We're, we're here light out, and we're not wearing winter. We don't have winter coats, winter hats. It, there's no precipitation in the air. Uh, it's Yesterday, there was. Yeah, and tomorrow, there will be. <laughs> uh, of course, we are once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in Nashua. We'll be here pretty much every Wednesday around 7 o'clock throughout the season. Uh, you can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us, uh, at NHHS Sports. Or you can just come on down and listen to us live. Uh, say hi. Uh, shake our hands if you like. Just, you know, be, be kind. Don't, you know, uh, heckle us too, too badly or punch us or anything. That would be nice. Uh, show will be available every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. And you can also listen to it on iTunes. So uh, we're now, uh, what, a week and a half into the season. Um, some teams have played quite a few games. Some teams haven't, whether it's by choice. It's been an 80s nightmare to start the <laughs> season, trying to reschedule games. I know I was in my 80s office the other day, and, um, you know, he was just scrambling. Luckily for us, we've got turf, so we haven't we haven't missed any games. But I know for our other sports that, that can't play on the turf, uh, it's been very difficult. And then, the, you know, we're still in a state where a lot of teams don't have turf right now. So um, especially in the D, you know, we were looking through the D D3 standings and schedule and there's been a lot of games that have had to be made up and, and not played yet so a little slow start to the season but I mean the games we have watched there's been some really good lacrosse out there so far you know to your to your point about games moving around I mean I, I think some days we're even seeing that you know hours before the game's supposed to be played the location is changing it's like okay well, you know we're going to play here and instead, because their field's more playable. Happened, happened today, uh, Bishop Brady was unable to play uh, our girls' team, and they moved the game to Dairyfield to play on the turf because I think at this point, you know, you, you never want to lose home field advantage, but now you're getting to a point where you're going to have to play two, three games in a row in a week, and it almost it's like, you know what, we'd love to play at home, but we'll give up that home field advantage just, just so we don't have to play, you know, two, three, four games in a week. I, maybe this will sidetrack us a little bit. If, if it does, I apologize. But how important is is that in high school sports? Uh, maybe, maybe not so much looking at, at a play. I mean, playoffs, it must be different. But for, for just any old game, is, is it a big difference? I think you can overcome it. But I definitely think it's worth a couple goals just because you're, you're – um you're comfortable playing on the surface. You know, for us, we, we really enjoy playing on turf. We like to play fast. We like we know how the ball bounces. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is a large adjustment. When you, go to a, when you go to a grass field where the bounce is a little bit uneven, maybe the creases have a little bit of a dip in them, you know, like I know when I was growing up, that, that's what it was. I mean, the goalies were sitting in a, sitting in a <laughs> ditch and you were, you were climbing out to get shots. And, but, um, yeah, so if you're a turf team, that can, it can definitely make a difference. Um, if you're a grass team, again, you know, if you're going to a turf and you haven't played and, and the ball bounces differently, plus you might be able to make mistakes. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not as uh, skilled, the ball stays in bounds when, you, when you're on grass, right? When you go to turf, it, it dies, every yeah. single mistake yeah. you make is magnified. The ball goes out of bounds and the game's just so much faster. So, um, yeah, you are, you are giving up a lot when you, when you give up home field advantage. Something I don't, I don't probably myself don't think about too much uh, in regards to high school sports. I'm not sure if anyone else does. Interesting to kind of always keep in mind. Um, you know, so I guess we should probably start in Division One. Um, you know, go in order there. But one of the uh, I think bigger games. I know we we texted each other about a little bit yesterday. Um, 
kind of as we learn more about teams and, and, and what's going on in, in, in each division, that bedford uh boys lacrosse game yesterday, uh, I believe it was what, at Bedford, um, kind of uh, maybe a little bit closer than we both expected going to overtime. Brian again. Toscana getting the getting the game winner in overtime there, uh, pulling out, you know, a little li- little surprised at, or actually pleasantly surprised at, at, at how well how well Sauhegan's playing early in the season. Um, you know, just uh, I would I actually kind of expected a little little higher scoring game there. Um, but, you know, uh, you got to you got to hand it to Sauhegan. They're they're finding ways to stay in games and and um, you know they're missing a couple guys. They're banged up right now. So if they can, uh, if they get healthy, that they're going to be a scary team to deal with down, down the road. I, I think it's fitting that they went to overtime too, considering that considering, they played yeah, a four overtime year, game four overtime last game, year. Yeah. And and if you look at that, I think I think yesterday's game was even higher scoring than uh, than last year's game was, even going four overtimes. Um, you know, but but I think that yesterday's game was eight eight going into the four, the fourth quarter, and you know no goals scored, which kind of makes me think that that maybe both teams were kind of slowing things down, holding the ball, waiting for that perfect opportunity, and then just couldn't find it until over until Bedford did in overtime. You know, I'm 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 really interested to see what if Sauhegan can make a run. You get a kid like Curtis Redback from injury, who is expected to be a big uh, big goal scorer for them this season. You know, down the stretch, um, looking at their schedule. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to be able to make a make a deep run this year. They, the, the schedule is very manageable on the backside there. If they get through, they got Girton coming up. They got Pinkerton. You know, you get through those games, you stay healthy. You know, you got Salem twice. You got Concord. You got the South. You got Nashua South and North. Um, so Hegan's going to come out of this with a pretty good record. They they could make a run in the top four seed. Yeah, they had they were um, obviously the schedules pretty much the same from year to year in within a two year cycle. So this one, you know, they were in kind of a similar boat last year. They started out pretty fast. This could be a preview of, of, you know, potentially a 4-5 matchup or a 3-6 game. Which it was um, a couple years ago that Sauhegan upset Bedford um, to get into the semis. Uh, You know, they were in a pretty good spot last year going into that backstretch and kind of injuries, I think, and and just youth and fatigue kind of set in. It's a, that was a big win for Bedford though, because if you look at Bedford's schedule, they got they got Pinkerton, they got St. John's, they got Acton Boxborough, they got Westford. I mean, they really challenged themselves with their schedule this year. So they they could you know who knows you might win those games right, but you could potentially come out of there with a few losses, and now all of a sudden at least you hold that tiebreaker with Sauhegan. Um, they do have to go to Sauhegan at the end of the year. I get that could be that could be a big you know that could be the difference between uh, a home field advantage or having to go on the road in a four or five or a three six matchup. Yeah, Monday night game uh, on the twenty first at Sauhegan, which is nice that they're uh, they're really getting all of that all they can out of that turf. You you look at their schedules now, and and it's a lot of those games have been pushed to night games at Sauhegan, uh, boys and girls. And really, uh, you know, as someone who tries to jump around and see as many teams as I can, I you know really appreciate that. That uh, you're able to, to to double up on some games, some places, yeah. you know. And I do like I do like signs from from Bedford. You know, they're they're averaging they're they're giving up less than ten goals a game on defense right now. You know, one of the questions we had coming to the season would be, you know, how does Luke Bowl play in the net? You know, is the defense around him going to be strong enough? Are they going to win faceoffs? You know, if they can keep that number down around you know eight seven goals against. That that's going to be that's going to give them a lot of opportunities to win games this season. You know, and, and, and looking at that, maybe maybe in, in hindsight, um, you know, explains why it was such a low-scoring game. You know, with with Bedford's, uh, you know, they got a couple of great 
Um, both teams both, playing, you know, both teams playing guys, good man to man defense. You know, teams having to really work long possessions to get a quality shot. It probably probably it's helps to explain that that low score a little bit. Yeah. Uh, anything else in this Division One kind of stand out to you this week? Well, uh, obviously, you know, BG, BG's hot start. They're they're averaging probably around. They're averaging it looks around like 18 goals a game. Um, the the thing that stands out to me is, you know, I, I'm sure Coach Cameron's not happy with the way the the defense is playing right now. You know, giving up. It looks like they're they're giving up about 10 goals a game. When you're scoring 18 a game, not a huge issue, but I, I think he'd probably like that number to be a little bit lower. I will say that yesterday, um, that the, the nine that they gave up to Needham yesterday uh, is a little misleading because um, ha- more than half of those came in the fourth quarter when he'd pulled all the starters. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so. at one point they were up in that game 12 to 1. Yeah. It was just, I, I, I my jaw kind of dropped just watching that game because they were able to get offensively, they got whatever they wanted. Um, you know, it, there was a stretch in that second quarter where Needham had the possession for the first seven minutes of the quarter, uh, and in that seven minutes, they didn't score. And BG had the ball maybe 20 seconds total and scored twice. It, it was just uh, – it was an unbelievable kind of – I mean, it was nothing amazing, but just looking at it, it's like, how does that happen? Yeah. So they're, they're going to have – so it'll be a – They'll have another good tune-up on, on uh, tomorrow against Nashua North, and then it looks like Saturday they play BC High. They're going to need their defense is going to need to be on point. BC High has a very they have a very good defense. They have a good face-off guy, um, you know. So, and BC High was playing for the Massachusetts State title last year, and, and they're considered one of the favorites again this year. Um, that'll be and they've got to travel to BC High, so that'll be a great matchup and, that, and great test for his that's defense. That's kind of a weird field too. There, it's right on the water. It's very mm-hmm. wide open. Um, not exactly going to be a warm day on Saturday. Um, I'm sure there'll be a, a breeze coming in. So it's kind of a, you know, it, it could be an interesting interesting game in, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, you kind of, what's in, what I find neat too is that BG seems to play a group of mass teams that all play each other mm-hmm. at some point. So, you know, BC High's already played Needham, beat him 11 to 6. You know, BG turns around and beats Needham 16 to 9. So it's kind of like how you yeah, know, BCI how does that has compare? been a little bit of a funny team this year. You know, my, my brother coaches down at Lincoln Sudbury, and I was texting him the score. You know that that BG jumped out seven and one. And he said he wasn't that he wasn't that surprised because he, he feels like maybe Needham was a little bit down this year, but still just an impressive output for for BG to come out firing like that and you know against a good Needham team. Um, but yeah, they're gonna get uh, you know BG's BG's uh, out of state schedule is, is definitely gonna test them. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that game coming up on uh, April 30th against Pinkerton. If we transition a little bit to Pinkerton and, and Great, their yeah. impressive start, um, you know, you kind of compare scores and BG beats Hanover 21 to 12, um, you know, just the day before Hanover, Hanover almost got blanked. I mean, right. they probably could have gotten were it, was 14 to, yeah. it was 14 to 2, but it, it sounds like, you know, Pinkerton kind of took the foot off the pedal a little bit and allowed them to, to do some things in the second half. Yeah, I think at halftime um, that was a score that Hanover was scoreless in that game. Or if, if not, they yeah. broke it up one and one in each half. And if you look at it, and they're in, you know, Pinkerton's three wins, um, they've given up a total of, of 16 goals, which, I mean, it, I, I think maybe we kind of, you know, given, you know, that they've got Alex Sturgis back in goal, a um, couple other nice pieces coming back but on defense. But it was a pretty green defense this yeah. year that, you know, they, there were some question marks about who was gonna who was gonna defend in front of in front of Sturgis, and it seems like right now that they've got the faceoff circle clicking and and they've got their close defense playing really well. 
Um, I mean, that has always been a, a hallmark of a Brian O'Reilly team. I mean, they play very, very strong, tough, blue-collar defense. Um, you know, and so they're not putting up as many points as BG, but if they can win faceoffs and uh, and play good, solid defense, and you know, push transition, I, I can't wait for that game. Um, I, I'm excited. You know, and and BG's got to travel to them. They got to play on grass. Like that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great matchup. Yeah. Five o'clock game. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and get out <laughs> early that day and get over to that. You're going to shorten practice a little bit. shorten practice a little bit. Guys, you know, our practice is going to be watching and and, and taking notes. Taking some notes. Um, You know, what's interesting, too, is, um, you know, originally when the schedules first came out, Pinkerton was scheduled to play midfield uh, at home on the Saturday before that game. The 30th is a Monday. They were scheduled to play Saturday against midfield. That game has been moved to Sunday. Yeah, um, I, now I've seen two different times for it. I think it was originally 7 o'clock. Now it's a 5 o'clock game yeah. on that that's Sunday. I mean, so they're going to play back-to-back against two you know, very good teams. Which and is I, tough because you want to win. You, you want to win every game you play. But you know, you, you got you to gotta weigh it. Like how much energy are you going to expend against a midfield when you gotta, when you got a conference game? Or you can look at it on the flip side. That Look, you're probably two of the best teams. You're probably going to see each other again. Does the one seed really make that much of a difference? You know, well, like they've, they pinkered has been the one seed the last two right. years. And right. it, yeah. um, I wonder, too, I know um, Coach O'Reilly has said last year that I think going into into a stretch at some point there that he gave the guys a little more time off over a weekend than he normally did, and the outcome the following game was, was not better. what he wanted. Well, no, oh, it was, was not, not what he wanted. Really? So, you know, and then, you know, I think I think he kind of balancing joked. act this time of year. My guys are doing the same thing to me right now. Oh, coach, we're banged up. We got a lot of schoolwork. We got stuff. You know, it's always a tricky thing to balance, like how much time off and being fresh versus, you know, not having a stick in your hands. So, you know, interesting. Maybe maybe that has something to do with why they move that game. Of course, you know, not really knowing, just kind of kind of speculating there but. I mean I, I think looking at both teams schedule you know they've got to play they've got Medfield they've got Cohasset they've got Longmeadow and over Lincoln Sudbury so they they've got a they've got a pretty good gauntlet out of state too I think you just got to play each game and, and let the chips fall where they will at the end of the season you know you can't worry you can't worry about seeding and records so given all that you know both teams have a tough schedule there you talked about Bedford's tough schedule is it possible you know I know Exeter has a couple of tough out-of-state out of state games this year, too. Is it possible that a team that isn't one of those four um, jumps up and grabs that one or two seed just because they don't play I as many of those games? I think it's going to be too – I think it's going to be too jumbled. Um, I, I just – I mean, you would have to – you would have to finish. So if, if a Bedford or a Sauhegan or Exeter could finish with maybe – Two, I don't think you can finish with more than three losses. If you if you have more than three losses, there's no way you're going to grab one of those top one or two seeds. Because I don't I don't see Pinkerton losing even even with the out of state schedules they have, I don't see them losing more than three games. So if you told me, sure, I mean I, I guess if you told me that one of those teams was gonna is gonna finish with less than three losses or three or less losses, yeah, they could do it. Um, know, yeah, moving on to um, Division Two, um, you know, looking at probably the the most eye-opening results from over the weekend um you know happened with Wyndham you know they pick up a uh, a one goal win over Merrimack Valley uh and then yesterday I mean, maybe one of the games of the year they get a an overtime win against Hollis Brookline uh another team that had been undefeated going into that in in what sounded like was just the mud and the muck 
this is, you know, again, impressive start for Wyndham, but this is this is a traditional start to a Wyndham team. They win a lot of these games early in the season, really close. Uh, they start now. Can they sustain it? Can they keep it going? But just a great start for Joe Young and his guys right now. Um, like we talked about in the beginning of the season, they've got the guys to fill the net. Um, you know, the Russ brothers, Tyler Folsom, um, you know, and we said, could they win? Could they win faceoffs? If they win faceoffs, they're they're getting plenty of possessions, and it seems like their D's playing pretty well. They give up four against Pembroke. Um, you know, they get into a shootout against MV, but then they turn around against a talented Hollis Brookline team and only give up six. So, they're 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 showing that they can win in a shootout, and they're showing that they can win in a in a close low scoring game as well. You know, and they get a, a, a potentially tough stretch coming up. A um, couple of games against D1 teams in Londonderry and Salem. And that was the game Londonderry last year was the yeah, one that yeah, springboarded they, them to, to kind of get things going. And yeah. they, they ended up, I think they were undefeated when they when they played us. I think we were I think we were both, both teams in the, the Battle of the Cats last year Actually, were undefeated. I, they might have, um, I read somewhere that, that the seniors hadn't beaten Hollis in a, in a couple of, like, if, you know, in their time on varsity. So they mm -hmm. might have had that that one loss that one if, loss. if that game had yeah. gotten played before then. Yep. Um, but, you know, then they, they have to go to Goffstown and Oyster River. They play Dover and then they play. Dobson's play playing well too right now too. They've they've, they've had some they they've had some very good games. So you know they're an interesting stretch for them. I think we'll learn a lot more about them coming I'll up. Give you uh, I'll give you the meaningless D two stat of the day. There's five five undefeated teams right now. You've got Dairyfield, Dover, Portsmouth, Wyndham, and Winnicunit in alphabetical order. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you weren't ranking them. There, I was not ranking them. That was alphabetical order. I just want to make that clear. But. If you look at if you look at their combined outputs, there's some impressive goal outputs right now. Uh, you've got Derryfield averaging 15.7 goals a game, Dover at 15.3, Portsmouth at 14.5, Wyndham at 13, and Winnicunit at 10.7, uh, almost 11 goals a game. So a bunch of teams giving up uh, or scoring double-digit goals, and every one of them under double digits right now. With Derryfield, Dover, and Portsmouth all giving up less than five goals a game right now. I find that interesting too, because not only those were also in alphabetical order, but also ranked in order by, uh, you know, totals. So that's totals. kind of an interesting, interesting way that works out. You know, I think what's going to be fun this year is that a lot of those, uh, you know, the teams that you just mentioned um, play each other. All five of those teams play each other, so that it, you know, it's gonna, it's all gonna, you know, you're gonna get a chance to do compare. You're gonna see head to head eventually. So that's it's good. Uh, it's just showing that there's some very good lacrosse in. in uh, in D2 right now. The other team that stood out to me was uh, was Bo and, and Joe Ryder and the, and the team that they have up there. You know, they, they came, they played us in, in the first game, and then they turned right around and they bounced back and they beat uh, Merrimack Valley 12-8, very talented Merrimack Valley team. And it sounds like, you know, they, they handled them pretty well. Um, and then they beat Kingswood 17-9, a Kingswood team that, that loses in overtime to a traditional right, power and win a cut it the other day. Yeah. Um, so um, Bo showing that they they've got they're they're going to be a team to reckon with in the playoffs. Kind of an odd thing though that they now have a 12 day layoff, or they're in the middle of a 12 day layoff. You which know, is a lot of teams do that because it's it's coming up on April vacation time, and there's some schools that choose that you know we're gonna we're gonna honor the kids' vacation and not play during that time. Um, you know, I know I I grew up in an area where <laughs> it didn't matter, man. It was it, whether it was school vacation or not. If you were on varsity, you were playing games during that time, and actually it was kind of fun. You were mentioning over school vacation that there's going to be some early games, right? Didn't you mention that you were yeah, covering a game um, at South? That was, there uh, was a couple games. Uh, actually, next Monday, I, I might be crazy for trying this, but I uh, was going to attempt a, uh, a quadruple header, I guess. Is that, <laughs> a, is that what would you call it? Um, starting at 11 a.m. and then with the last game being at 7. So um, 
if you then come to the website Tuesday and don't see anything there, it's because I'm sleeping <laughs> off the uh, <laughs> the day. But no, I, I you know, yeah, I, it's it's something that I always forget about because I, you know, I don't have kids that go to school. Um, I'm not involved with the schools other than you know covering these games. Uh, it's just a I'm a it's a normal week for me uh, aside from you know potentially these start times. So it's um, I always forget. I'm like, oh look, the eleven o'clock game. What what's going on with that? Oh, it's, it's school vacation week. So it's it's always kind of fun too. I you know I used to used to do a little more baseball games and and you know being in Nashua, you know it was always kind of interesting being able to go over to Holman at noon and just sit there and watch a watch a baseball game on a Thursday and uh, you know it's nice to be able to get in a few extra games that maybe normally wouldn't. You know, before we move on from D two, I want to give uh, I want to give a little love to uh, Josh Lewis and in the, in the Golfstown Grizzlies, who, you know, we really we really didn't touch a lot on in the preseason. Um, they're starting off hot at two and zero. You know, they beat Oyster River at Oyster River eleven nine. Good way to start the season, and then they turn around and they beat Alvern fourteen to three today. Um, they got a big showdown with Dover at home on uh, is it Friday? I believe they have it. Yeah, yep, Friday. 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 Um, you know, they're they're a team that you, you know you really can't overlook them. They the last couple of years, you know, is as recently as 2015, they win the state title. We played them in the semifinals they, in 2016. They, they um, were in the finals they, two years before against yeah, Bedford. Against yeah. Bedford, you know, they've they've got a nice group that they you know since graduating that group that won in 2015. There, there's a group of kids that are moving up there that are that are going to be a um, you know a contenders. And in the meantime, you know they got a talented attackman in, in Devin Young, uh, who's playing really well. Uh, Chapdelaine down on defense, uh, Caleb Gordon at LSM. So they they've got some guys that look like they're playing well right now, and he they're off to a very hot start. So I can't wait to see them play against Dover. Yeah, you mentioned that game on Friday. That uh, assuming that their their field is uh, playable after. Thursday's rain uh, be at that one and then a week later they get Wyndham at home um, and then the following Monday John Stark and then and then Merrimack Valley they the do have week. it they do have a very challenging schedule and they 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 were a good team last year it's just they they ran into a lot of close games that they they weren't over the to pull a W out of and it it could be the same way this year but they're going to be a tough out they're going to play every team tough they play a physical tough brand of lacrosse they came on I think at the end of last year they were pretty young going into the season uh, you mentioned the that semifinal team uh, and they lost a lot of kids from that but then you know I think as the year got on the second half of the year mm -hmm, they played for sure. a lot but there was just too much ground to, for them to make up yep um, you know moving on to uh, division three um, like you you said at the beginning not as much going on here just because of you know I, I think the schedules are light to begin with and then you throw in you know I, I think I saw someone post a picture on Twitter the other day of their field covered in snow like like it looked like mid-February um, so, you know, wh whoever's gotten their games in at this point, it's it's, well, you know, so just I'll, short of a I'll miracle. Make one, I'll make one of myself for a little bit here. So my AD yesterday, our our baseball fields up on top had had uh, just you know taken a tremendous amount of water. He sends out a very serious email about the the baseball games being being postponed for the day. In the middle of it goes, uh, it was postponed due to seagulls being on the field. And, you know, everybody in the school for a little while was like, wait a minute, seriously, we're canceling because there's seagulls on the field? We didn't. And then we're like, oh, Lenny, you got us. Ocean, <laughs> lake, okay, all right. So, yeah, everybody everybody is just swamped with uh, with water, standing water on their fields right now. You know, in but some one team that doesn't have to worry about that, Laconia, off to a very <laughs> hot 3-0 start with their turf up there. 
Um, yeah, they um, and and with a couple of big wins there, I think um, you know the one the one that stands out though um, against Trinity uh, mm-hmm. last um, last Friday in what's you know, a, a really low scoring game, seven to four. Um, you know that kind of opened my eyes a little bit, uh, and you know they got the potential there. Um, you know the season, their season, the way it starts, they could be six I and think, zero. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be seven and zero going into going into Hopkinton. I mean, I know you you can't. You got to you got to go. You play Milford, and then you get to turn around and play Kearsarge the next day. So maybe that helps on, a little bit on the but road too. Right now, it looks like maybe Kearsarge is rebuilding a little bit this year based on their early scores. But I, I think they're going to be heading into uh, Hopkinton at home on the ninth with a seven and zero record. The thing that's impressive to me, and what we kind of talked about it in the beginning of the season, they they return a lot on defense. And when you have Drew Muzzy anchoring the defense there, they're giving up a little under four goals a game right now. Um, and that offense is only going to get better and better as the year goes on. You know, not not too much um, that we can go off of in, in terms of some of the favorites. I mean, you look at Plymouth, they've played one game. Uh, Pelham's played one game. Uh, you know, Monadnock one game. It, and it's, you know, it's just, um, it, it's tough to really gauge what's going on in it. And it, and it sure makes the standings look a little bit weird uh, at this point. You know, but Thank God, look at Pelham. They played on the 12th and they don't play again until the 27th. I mean, I know the school vacation, but like that's you're putting a lot of your schedule like y- you hope your guys are in shape. They play at Trinity on the second. Then they go to Le- they got home against Lebanon on the third. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, that was postponed. So it's not as bad as I thought. It looked like it looked like they were playing three games in a row there for a little bit. But still, they, they've got a bunch of games. You're getting like one day off and you're turning around and you're playing games day after day after day. So. Uh, that's going to be a challenging end of the season. You know, even them. before that, they've got a, that one on the 30th uh, with Plymouth coming to town. Yeah. You know, that's a potential, uh, you know, from what, what most of the coaches in the division were saying, potential D3 final uh, yeah. preview right there. Um, you know, anything else that kind of stands out with, um, with Division uh, Three? You know, from definitely, definitely want to give, uh, definitely want to give some love over to Milford and, and Coach Erda. Um, you know, win get gets a win in their opening game against Campbell, 10-9 in overtime. And then turns around and, and gives Kearsarge a, ser- you know, Kearsarge, uh, you know, traditional power in Division Three goes up to Kearsarge and, and comes out of there with a, with a 11-8 loss. But you know, showing a lot of potential in the season here. That was a team that we were looking at last year, that you know, kind of tailed off. But I, you know, judging off of indoor numbers and other things, I, I think they've got a chance to uh, to win a bunch of games and maybe sneak into the playoffs this year. And you mentioned, um, you know, them getting that overtime win against Campbell. Uh, a, you know, a team that we, we kind of thought was going to be an improved team this year, and, and they, they've got a ton of starters back, but just just an unlucky kind of start for them this season with that overtime loss. You know, they, they lose a close game to Conval. They lost a close game today to Trinity. Uh, and you know. then, then you got to play Laconia. you got Hopkinson, you got Plymouth, so you got three three of the favorites in Division Three coming up on your schedule there. Um, I mean, if you could get even one win out of there, it would be uh, that that would help. That would help there. And then the backside gets a little bit lighter there. There's some wins on the backside. You know, one thing I, I, I want to mention that we don't usually get to each week. Um, you know, for those who visit the website pretty frequently, uh, you'll notice that for the second year now, we're doing a coaches poll. Uh, a select few coaches around the state, plus myself and and a couple other media members. Uh, you know, sending out a top ten each uh each week um compiling that uh of course we've got the uh the second of this year's polls up um up there right now of course bishop girton the unanimous number one pinkerton the unanimous number two uh exeter at three Derryfield four just ahead of, of bedford by a point at five 
Dover 6th, Sauhegan 7th, Portsmouth 8th, Londonderry 9, and then Hanover, uh, despite the 0-3 the start there at 10. Um, you know, any any thoughts there or anything that stand out to you there? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to I think you have to give uh, some consideration to to Salem in a couple weeks if they can keep if they can keep up their hot start. Uh, you know, wind them, wind them off to their hot start. Um, I think I think you can make an argument for those. And then we then you got to keep you know we got to give some love to Division Three. You know, if Laconia keeps up their start and they and if they're if they go seven and zero and they're able to they're able to knock off Hopkinton. I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be in the top 10 as well so. yeah so that's uh, something interesting to keep an eye on you know throughout the season uh you know something that uh hopefully starts a few conversations here and there um i i know last year we got some feedback on it um some good some bad uh but you know just um something a little bit different for people to kind of chew on i think um you know in the in if we got time i would you know, there is some really good lacrosse being played on the girls' side right now. Division One is absolutely heating up right now. Um, you know, I think you the cream is rising to the top there. You see, you see Pinkerton, Pinkerton, BG, Bedford, all playing each other to to one goal games. Pinkerton coming out on on top against both Bedford and BG by one. It's going to set up a really exciting uh, playoff race there at the end of the season. I mean, obviously you want to win, you want to win those games. Um, but you know, I think both Bedford and BG take solace in the fact that okay, we're right there. We can make some adjustments, and you know, come playoff time, it's anyone anyone's championship. Yeah, and then um, the defending champs, Sauhegan, today went out to Portsmouth and and picked up a, a one goal win there, which is you know kind of an interesting you know Portsmouth Division Two, Sauhegan Division One, although in terms of school size um, flipped around there. But you know, anytime I think that that you get team, you know both are defending champs getting you know playing each other during the regular season that's a good thing and then you know it, it's not for a while but eventually Sauhegan and Pinkerton play each other uh in mid-May um you know one of those games that you always kind of circle yeah, I mean, on the calendar it, you know you look and I think I think it's sort of you know traditionally it's been Bedford BG Sauhegan Pinkerton but you look Exeter and Londonderry are right there with the, with them this year you know, Exeter Exeter plays um, they play Sauhegan to a, a 12-10 game in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, Londonderry they they opened up against BG and BG beat them pretty handily, but then they turn around and they only lose 12-8 to Sauhegan. So they were they were without their best offensive player in that game. Yeah, first game without a lot of a um, lot of return. You know, they lost a lot of returning players from last year. New goalie um, to start out the year too. So they're they're definitely a team that I think second half of the year, uh, you know, uh, you'll see a lot more from them. They'll be in the mix, um, but you know that that top four, as you said, since since uh, BG and Bedford moved up to Division One, that's kind of been the the cream of the crop. I mean, I think all four have been semifinalists. Um, Exeter might have been mixed in there one year, but for the most part, it's been that that f group of four, um, you know, battling it out for for the the D one title. Any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up today, or? Uh, well, I'm I'm hoping you know I'm optimistic. We were looking at the weather forecast for next week, and it looks like we might be turning <laughs> a corner, maybe into some more 60s and a little less rain in the forecast. Um, but I'm excited. You know, from where we are, I'm excited. Things are ramping up in the in the D2 landscape. Um, we've got a big showdown with Portsmouth this weekend. You know, the rematch of the championship. Uh, we're hearing that you know 
the whole entire school is coming out and it's a night game and it's going to be a great atmosphere and so we're we're excited um the, the entire the saturday of vacation week uh, they're going to hang what around else you gotta, and, what uh, else you gotta do you're home you know you don't travel anywhere you know i i it's true yeah. i'm i'm yeah. expecting i'm expecting a raucous crowd there on on uh, on saturday night so it should be a lot of fun uh, he is uh, Chris Hetler, the head coach of the Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse team. Uh, coach, thanks again for hanging out with us and, and chatting about the lacrosse landscape. Looking forward to next week already. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening to the United States Sports Show, and we'll talk to you next week.